This is an in-debt discussion. If it's about the financial industry, from lenders to collectors, you'll find it here. And now your host, Jacqueline Waller. Are you sick and tired of all the stress, headaches, and uncertainty going on right now in the debt collection industry? Are all the new laws and regulations and tightening profit margins driving you crazy? Or have you had an excellent year and now feel ready to cash out? If so, then talk to us at Thomas Crown. Because of the earlier fiscal stimulus package, there has never been a better time to sell your debt collection agency than right now. We buy all types of debt collection agencies in the United States, Canada, UK, Europe, including consumer and commercial collection agencies, accounts receivable firms, debt purchasing portfolio companies, BPO organizations, and revenue cycle management companies. And we are ready to give you a fair offer for your collection agency business today. It doesn't matter if you have outstanding debts or disputes. Whether you have low EBITDA, or even if you have a business partner who may not want to sell, as long as you have at least 50% equity in your business and you've been established for three years or more, we can help. As we'll be buying the company from you ourselves, there's no middleman or commission fees to pay. Thomas Crown Incorporated is an experienced international private holding company, which means you deal with us directly. So, if you have a debt collection agency, or an accounts receivable management firm, debt purchasing portfolio company, BPO organization, and or a revenue cycle management company, and you need to sell or have been thinking of exiting in the industry, we'd like to make you an offer for your business today. Suppose the situation is such that you or a partner would like to retain a minority ownership stake in the business or have an active role post acquisition. In that case, we are open to that scenario. To find out how much you can get for your business, visit thomascrowncorp.com and click on Ready to Sell and fill out the short form on our website and we'll be in touch within the next 24 hours to discuss your business and an offer. Thank you for listening in today to an in-depth discussion. I'm super excited to have Michael Lamb uh, on the phone with us today or on the podcast. He co-founded Corporate Advisory Services, a merchant bank based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Michael spearheads all the firms M&A, consulting, valuation, compliance, and regulatory business practices within the outdoors business services arena and is responsible for its strategic direction and growth plan. He also oversees an executes on compliance, regulatory assessments, M&A engagements, joint venture, strategic partnership arrangements, C-level executive recruitment, valuations, and operational assessments. He also has extensive experience assisting clients with the development and implementation of strategic growth plans. <clears throat> Michael's actively involved in the ACA International for Asset Buyers Committees, Debt Buyers, the DBA, which we all know with that is, or we should if you're listening to this podcast, the Association for Corporate Growth, and uh, he has a chapter, the American University Alumni Association, Hospital Financial Management Association, 
Turnaround Management Association and, and so on. And, you, and it also says that you are a frequent speaker in industry affairs, M&A trends, and is a regular contributor to industry publications where you write blogs and provide industry analysis and is often quoted for your insight. That's amazing. I'm done with the podcast now. It's over with. We're tired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was just listening. I was listening to you and I was like, oh my gosh, I've done, uh, involved with all those associations. I can't believe it, but yeah, I, uh, I guess I am. <laughs> Are you still uh, in all those associations or? Um, yeah, I, guess I think you're actually involved. Wow. No, I think there's actually more um, that we're we're involved with. We we do a lot of work in the debt settlement industry. Yeah. We work in the call center industry, and there's an association there too. So, yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place. And then you guys also work with agencies that are looking to get sold or looking for buyers, and then you help individuals that are looking to purchase a collection agency. Um, yep. find one that wants to get purchased. So now that's like the whole thing with like COVID and stuff like that. And with some States where they were forced shutdowns, like in California and New York and stuff like that, where they weren't even allowed to do any collections at all. So I can't even imagine if they even had these online tools, if they were even allowed to say, Oh, let me send out a correspondence to people and let them do some online negotiations. Have you guys seen an influx? Excuse me. Have you guys seen an influx in agencies wanting to get bought out? Yeah. So what what's going on in like if you go back to when the COVID pandemic really got into high gear back in end of February into March, um, the market from a just from a deal perspective, people were so confused as to what was going to happen with the market most of our transactions that we were working on went on hold in the industry. And then what ended up happening, which was pretty interesting, was April came and then all the stimulus money started coming out. Yes. And these companies, it was like tax season. I think somebody said this to me, they're tax season 2.0. Um, and they just had the, the amount of uh, revenue and growth that these companies experienced uh, between, call it April through August, was significant, uh, and a lot of that was driven by uh, by COVID and the stimulus mm -hmm. money that was given out to consumers. Yes. So there was a lot of agencies that made a lot of money during that time because people were just looking to get their debts paid off because they didn't know what was going to happen next. You know. People were sitting at home. They were worried, dealing with kids at home, dealing with every other like you know job loss, and they were getting money in, and they were trying to think to themselves, what can I do to pay off debt, save, and put myself in a better position? So I think exactly. that hit that certainly translated to uh, a big benefit for um, whether you were an agency a debt buyer. Um, the one area that got hit the hardest, though, was the law firms because mm. a lot of the states, yes. um, and because of you couldn't, you, you know, there wasn't, they weren't allowed to litigate or sue the consumer. So a lot of that was held up. And yeah. that delay caused a lot of pain across the industry for those mm. companies. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, we had, because the company that I work with, RNN Group, like, we were highly affected by that because a lot of our clients are collection law firms, and they just had to stop. They couldn't even, you know, file garnishments against the suits that they already had. It was, it was just crazy, and they just freaked out and just stopped buying data uh, as well. So it was just really kind of crazy. The other industry that got hit hard by it, which a lot of people don't really think about, was the um, short-term lending industry, paving loans and stuff like that, and um, uh, check to cash and, and so forth. And because I was like, so how are you guys with your collections? They're like, we have no issues with collections. Like people are paying this stuff off, but there was such an influx of cash that people were not taking loans out. Um, so, you know, to pay the yeah, we were we, we were seeing the, seeing the same thing. I mean, all those, you know, you had all those types of issues hitting. And so I think to come back to your question of, you know, what's, you know, were there deals happening, people buying and selling? Yeah. I mean, they, these companies in certain parts of our industry did so well, they were attracting a lot of buyers, mm. both uh, private equity, family office money, strategic buyers that were all interested in cashing in and, you know, uh, investing into companies in the industry. So I think from that end of it, it was great. But then we had the second wave of this whole COVID situation, which has obviously picked up, and there hasn't been another round of stimulus yet. And so that's also caused some concerns. Yeah. Uh, the good news with that is that we're going to tax season. So there yeah. should be a benefit either way. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other big trend that we're, you know, is, is actually been a really uh, a net positive for the industry were the new CFPB final rules that came out. And so we were really excited about those rules being put out in the marketplace because now you know, after, you know, with the FDCPA being 40-plus years old, finally they recognize that cell phones and email um, and text messaging is a communication channel. So people can yeah. use that or um, companies in the space could start using that to the, to the benefit of everybody uh, yeah. and the consumer. So. But they have to have, or I think to be able to use that information, though, the con doesn't the consumer and the new laws, the consumer has to provide that information up front and give them authorization on the credit form? Consent. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Consent. And, yeah. And look, it's not perfect, right? I wish it could be yeah. easier, but it's better than nothing, <laughs> right? Because yeah. right now, they weren't recognizing any of these activities previously. At least now, it's, uh, it's got some clear... There's a workflow that can be can be work you know utilized by these companies versus not. So I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, that's true because then you have I mean at least it's a move in the right direction. I know a lot of people were disappointed and stuff and kind of freaking out and and uh, uh, yeah and kind of freaking out and stuff like that. So it's like figuring out you know what is the best way to get through this and just make sure that we can locate these individuals, reach out to them, and then um, start to utilize more automation systems. And hope, and then now it'll just be a process of lenders having to make sure they get those consents up front. That's right. And that's, yeah. they, so you're going to see a lot of effort and, work, and workflow around that topic between you know, over the next year to get ready for it and to be right. able to use the data. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And so what made you decide to move into, like, uh, get so much experience in the collection space when, you know, with your background, you could do anything? I mean, any industry. I don't know about that, but I, uh, yeah, you, it's so funny when you talk, when you talk to people, I don't think anybody ever chooses and says, I want to become or get involved in the debt collection industry. Just, you know, how things just evolve and happen. Well, it was the kind of the same thing for me. When I was a kid, I used to work at my, my family were a bunch of lawyers and they ran a debt collection law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used to do a lot of commercial related collections. And one of the things that, my uh, my uncle specifically, he's like, look, you got to go. If you if you want to learn about the economy, you got to learn about delinquent receivables because that'll give you a good view on what happens when when companies and people don't pay their bills. Mm. So that's how I started getting exposed to it, and then I started working in his, in the practice, and I learned all about you know the collections process, and uh, went to college. Um, got out of college in the middle in literally in the probably the worst time imaginable right around September 11th and I started oh, to wow. you know started trying to figure out kind of my next move and I was doing a bunch of stuff in venture capital and I um I came across a firm that was really big in doing M&A work in debt collection called Calkin Ginsburg and I, uh, I joined them pretty much right out of school, and I was there for 10 years. And Ooh. I had brought all my knowledge and experience from when I was a kid working in the business, and I really understood it, and that was my way of kind of building my, you know, building my expertise on how you buy and sell them and value them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I have to see on yeah. your profile that you are co-founder and program director for U.S. Israel Business Exchange. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So while I was in college and right after it, I was helping, I, you know, I started a, a basically an incubator helping Israeli technology companies come over to the U.S. market and sell their products and services. And so that was, so I was really, I got into, you know, looking at business plans, getting a handle on the financial profile of companies. And I just got so enamored by technology. And then Mm. obviously combining technology with collections now is literally kind of like uh, it's it's a perfect storm for me because now I can go back to my roots. I'm looking at all those technology companies and, and also leverage that today with all the automation that's coming into the industry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've seen after COVID, like just a huge influx of individuals now interested in tie into a um, automation program to help them automate their collections and to be able to just drive higher revenue back into the organization without having to have so many employees, you know? Yeah, that's the name of the game, right? People today in our people today in our industry are I hate to say it, but they're a liability. The more people a debt collector has, the more challenging it is. So if you can eliminate positions um, in certain functions with technology, it's a no-brainer, right? And so 
that's where I think the industry over time is going to head. You're going to see a lot more technology, a lot more artificial intelligence and robotics coming into the industry because it's, um, it's set up for that. It's got all the right pieces. Yeah, yeah. So do you think right now is like a prime time for, if, if for collection agencies? Because, I mean, like we have a new president that's going to be coming in, I think, next year. And then a new, they're talking about, and I was talking with Steve Rutterman, he was talking about uh, Jeff who handled the CFPB under Obama, that he's on one of the lists to come back to run it again. And, um, and so do, what are your thoughts in regards to where the industry may go? Like if, if a company's looking to sell, do you think they should get out now or do you think they should, um, if they're looking to retire or sell their agency? What are your thoughts? I think, do you think, it, I think every uh, it, it's hard to just it's it's hard to every situation every it's business different. is different every owner situation is different right? But one of the things I would say though is if the business owner out there that's in this industry who's been at it for thirty years isn't prepared to make all the right investments in the technology and by the way they're not cheap um, they're you know they're quite costly. Um, this is going to be a challenging industry to be in long-term. Yeah. So if, that's, if the thought process is you're not willing to commit the next couple million bucks to helping reposition the company, I would tell you it could be time for you to step away and, and yeah. sell the company. Yeah. If you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're saying to yourself, heck, I'm willing to face that challenge and you're, you know, you, you're not concerned about it, this industry, I think, is going, to be, is going to become a big growth area over time. I mean, I remember when the CFPB came up in 08, um, you know, when things started really changing with Elizabeth Warren, everyone started getting all freaked out that the industry was no longer going to exist. Well, it's still here, and it's still going to be here after the, you know, whatever the Biden administration does. So I'm really... Yeah. You know, it really depends on what that owner's interests are at the end of the day and where they see themselves over the next three to five years. That'll yeah. help answer that question. For okay. Them. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, the, I was talking with another guest. I'm sure he was like the debt collection, debt collection industry is probably one of the oldest industries and it was like one of the original industries ever to be around, all the way back to like in biblical days when there was tax collectors going door to door collecting, you know. So I thought that was. It's um, true. It's yeah. true. I mean, it's one of the oldest industries around, and I. That's why I said I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But if anybody doesn't think it's going to evolve and change, I think they're, you know, they're uh, they're not they're not thinking. Uh, correctly, because well, I just feel like to, it's going to evolve. You have to implement technology and stuff like that in order to be able to stay compliant and make sure that you reduce your uh, litigation risk, you know? Yeah, so. there's no choice. I, I don't think there's any choice in the matter. So if someone wanted to, like, what is your ideal, like, customer or uh, company to do business with? For me? For our yeah. firm? For a corporate advisory, yes. Yeah, so we work with all sizes of companies that are in the debt collection, the call center, the debt settlement, and healthcare 
um, revenue cycle management areas. But really, when it comes to selling a company, we tend to focus on businesses that have five million or more of annual revenues. That's kind of a, a baseline for us. If they're smaller than that, we can still help them and do different things. It just may not be it may be different in terms of how proactive we are in helping them either sell their business, buy another business, or value their business. It just depends. But that's kind of a, a baseline for us. So you guys um, will help a company value their business. So say they're like kicking the can down the road and they're saying we're considering selling and that all they want to do is like do an evaluation, you guys will help them out with that. Yeah, and there's no hook, line, or sinker where we say to them, oh, you have to sell the business to. It, it, it's, it's simply evaluation. So we, we do on average of probably 30 to 40 valuations a year on companies. Okay. And you do and it, it on – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, they, the, the valuations are – you know, it doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the situation. We do a lot of valuations for divorces, estate planning, all that kind mm. of stuff. Okay, so you pretty much answered my question because I was going to say you do valuations not just in the collection space, but you do it in all different types of industries. Well, the, yeah, so the, those main industries. So they've got to yeah. be either a debt collection business, a call center business, um, healthcare revenue cycle management or debt settlement. We wouldn't, debt as settlement. an example, we wouldn't do one for like if somebody had a oil and gas company or a okay. you know uh, you know or what a manufacturing company. We wouldn't we wouldn't be the right guys for the job. What about fintech, like financial technology solutions? Yeah, sure. Certain yeah. lending companies we've done valuations for and assist there too. Okay, cool. Cool. That's exciting. I mean, you guys must see what's probably like one of the craziest, I guess, um, obviously you can't give away any information about your clients or anything like that, but like what are probably some interesting things you see? No, that's not what I want to ask. What is probably, hold on. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, have you have, do you find that a lot of people overvalue their companies, or do you find that a lot of times they undervalue it, like saying what they believe that it's worth <laughs> and what they actually can Jackie, be sold for? Jackie, they, <laughs> I rarely have ever seen an owner of a company in any of these industries ever undervalue themselves. <laughs> they always think that they have the best company, technology, service offering, workflow, salesperson, I could go down the list. Um, and then it's really on our end to kind of reset their expectations on what they really have. Yeah. It's not to say that they're not valuable. It's just a question of how valuable are they. Yeah. And what people are willing so to actually pay for. We spend a lot it. of time educating them about that. Yeah. It's kind of like if you ever watch the Shark Tank where someone always has the next best gadget. And um, they're and then they always think it's the next best thing. This is the industry, blah 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 blah. And uh, <laughs> and then and then you have the sharks that are sitting there, and they're like that are okay. just sitting there saying, "No, it's not really what you think it is." Yeah, and, right. And it's 
we're, we're not the cynical naysayers. We're just trying to be – what we're really good at is giving somebody a realistic view of what the process is like to sell, how yeah. their business will be valued in the marketplace. And there's so many times that people don't agree with our approach, and we wish yeah. them well. We say, look, yeah. you know, we have a view. doesn't mean there aren't other views in the market. If you, can, if you feel like our view is not right, Go, you know, you know, have at it. Go find yeah. it. Go see if you can get a deal done. But most of the time what ends up happening is we give them that reality check and then they come back to us because they realize that being that we're in the market, we know the industry, we've been at it a long time, that we know what we're talking about. And that usually yeah. is how it rebounds. Um, just, you know, could be six months, a year, two years later. Yeah, and... Especially right now, I mean, this is going to be interesting to see what's going to happen, and you're really going to, we are going to see like an influx of either companies going out of business or getting sold or whatever. Like, I spoke with a couple of collection agencies out of Washington State who were like completely shut down and didn't do any collections and were struggling. And I was like, didn't you guys do anything through like the stimulus? Like, that was, people said that was better than tax season. They're like, no, we weren't even allowed to have people working from home. So <clears throat> I think with something like that, when you have a technology yeah, solution. Yeah, Jackie, there are certain companies that, that did really well, and then you go to other parts of the country that were just uh, decimated by everything. Yeah, so it's kind of sad. Um, not kind of, it is sad that that happened, but that's why I just feel like it just really needs, like what you said earlier, implement a lot of these technology solutions to help eliminate because you can't, just because the country's shutting down doesn't mean you have to let your revenue stop. You know, sometimes it may slow down, but it doesn't necessarily have to stop. So, so that's pretty that's cool. Right. <laughs> and so, well, um, I, I, do you have any suggestions for, what are probably the top three suggestions or like if an agency is saying they're preparing to sell, what do you think is probably the top three things that they should put together um, to, in preparation for, for selling their organization before they were even to come to someone like yourself? I would tell you the most important thing to think about first is your financials. Because every, every one of the owners of these companies – has a view of how quickly they could pull together financial information. Mm -hmm. I or anybody that does what I do, they can't help you unless they can rely on your financials and, you're, and getting three mm. years of financial statements. If you can't produce that, it's going to be very difficult for anybody to help you. So that's kind of, I would tell you, point number one. Um, point number two is around the regulatory environment. You got any skeletons in the closet or issues or things that have happened in the past? Figure out right out of the gate what those items are, disclose them to your advisor, and have them give you advice on how they would deal with those issues. Right. You know, everything from CA examination, FTC issues or state issues, whatever it is, disclose, disclose, disclose is always my uh recommendation for anybody yeah okay and then my uh my last one is just more about 
the individual and the person. And it's more psycho, you know, more mentally, more on the mental end of the equation. It's just to think through how, if you if you're really ready to sell, or if it's just something you just woke up and said opportunistically, if you could, it would be great. Really, what your mindset is, so you can communicate that to your advisor. Sometimes the the psychology around the deal is left to the end. It's so important to understand, is there a health issue? Is your wife sick? Is there some reason why you want to get a deal done? And the mm. more the advisor knows about what's going on inside your brain, the better advice uh, can be offered yeah. and provided to the, to the owner. And the better you guys can support them when you are speaking to a uh, buyer as well, you know? No and doubt. That, and that's another, buyers, key, that, yeah. that's another key point, exactly. So, and so on the other spectrum, so if, when you have buyers coming in and um, they are looking to at different, you know, uh, agencies and stuff like that. What do you think are probably the top three suggestions you think that a buyer should look out for when they're wanting to buy, like, you know, a collection agency, a debt buyer, or something like that? What are the top three things, did you say? Yeah, what are the top three suggestions you would offer to a, a buyer when they're looking to purchase a, a collection agency, what they should look out for? Well, it, it's really the similar. It's really similar to what I just shared, okay. which is financial controls and making sure there are no regulatory issues. And the other big item would be around making sure that they don't, um, on the technology side, that they've got all the right technology. Mm. Or if they don't, what you're going to do to yeah. fix that. Because if you don't solve that, if you don't know that going in, you're really going to be uh, feeling the pressure after the fact if they didn't invest into the right telephony, the right call analytics, the right data scrubs. I mean, all the things that you probably every day think about that are obvious from a buyer perspective, if they don't have those capabilities off the shelf, Right. That means you've got to bring them to the table, and you've got to pay for them too. Yeah, <laughs> you have to invest. You have to be ready to invest that two million dollars that you're talking about into technology solutions. <laughs> yeah, it just isn't a fun conversation if you don't figure that out up front. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and so okay, so that 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 makes sense. Those are great suggestions, Michael. I appreciate that. And so is there yeah. any last advice that you'd like to offer to um, you know, anybody that's listening? Oh, I would, you know, this is just a crazy time we're in with this pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. But I would tell you, if you're even thinking about, you know, uh, selling, buying a business, or, you know, just selling at some point in the future is probably the best way to say it. The first step would be getting a valuation done and really understanding how you're going to be valued in the marketplace. That's going to open up the owner's eyes to what options are available and at what price points. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think that's great advice. 
So now if someone wanted to do business with you and they fit within the spectrums that you had mentioned earlier, uh, should they go to your website and what is that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so our, our website is www.corpcorpadvisorysolutions.com, just as it sounds. Okay. Corpadvisorysolutions.com. You got okay. it. All right, awesome. And, uh, and I really appreciate you having me on your, uh, your podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate you saying yes last minute, and um, yeah. it totally worked out today, and I, and I know you have such a very busy schedule, so I really thank you, and um, I look forward to ta- chatting with you again in the future. Me too. Thanks again. Right. Here's why selling to Thomas Crown benefits you and your organization. Imagine how different your life could be just a few short months from now. You'll have no more headaches, no more compliance issues, no more new laws and regulations, state, provincial, or federal to contend with, no more minuscule margins working with clients, no more ridiculous lawsuits, no more massive outlay of cash to invest in new technology, no more customer complaints to the CFPB and other regulatory agencies, no more migraines dealing with staffing problems. Instead, you'll be truly enjoying life with potentially a huge lump sum that allows you to do whatever you choose, whenever you choose. You don't need to wait a year or more to increase your EBITDA. You won't have to deal with a wishy-washy buyer. We will work with you and your team, no matter your circumstances, to structure the best deal possible for both parties. To get a 100% no-obligation, risk-free purchase offer for your debt collection business today, please visit thomascrowncorp.com and click on Ready to Sell. We have the capital and are ready to buy now. When you submit the short information form on our website, we'll schedule a call within 24 hours. We will discuss your company and the next steps to structure the right deal for you and your organization. Remember, if you have been in business for three years or more, whether you're profitable or on the verge of bankruptcy, we can help. If the situation is such that you or a partner would like to retain a minority ownership stake in the business or have an active role post-acquisition, we are open to that. Our goal is to help make your life and your team's life easier by helping get you the sale you want to enjoy the life you desire and deserve. Go ahead and visit thomascrowncorp.com and click on Ready to Sell. You've been listening to an in-debt discussion hosted by Jacqueline Waller. If it's about the financial industry, from lenders to collectors, you'll hear it here. Check us out Thursdays for a new podcast. Until then, this is an in-debt discussion signing off.